Hello, you are listening to Great Culture, the podcast where we talk about wine, pop culture and feminism. I'm Kim. I'm Sam. And we hope you enjoy the show. Uh, on this week's episode, we are getting festive and we're going to be talking about Christmas gifts, what you can buy the people in your life who are difficult to buy for, buy for, buy for, buy for, buy for. what you can buy for them, <laughs> and our number one recommendations. I want to keep that. I like to buy for. <laughs> no, I liked it. <laughs> so if you're looking for buy for recommendations, this is the podcast to listen to. But before we get into that, we have some wine and... Uh, I thought I'd treat us this week because it is the last episode we're recording. You lucky people will get another episode after this because we're back to front. But this is our last episode of 2022. So I've bought us some Moe. Champagne on a Tuesday. Champagne on a Tuesday, money bitches. I'm scared because I'm worried that what if we don't like it and we actually are just cheap? Then our lives are going to be easier. It's true. (laughs) <laughs> it's true. This is exciting. So yeah, I thought you know Christmas champagne is on the cards. We do prosecco quite regularly on the podcast. It's true, and we've done mulled wine before for Christmas. So fuck it. It's true. Champagne on a Tuesday. Champagne. Champagne. Anyway, <laughs> let's celebrate our disasters. Now, not to be a it's... basic bitch, but does the Moe have tasting notes? Tasting notes. It is vibrant, generous, and alluring. The Moe Imperial style is distinguished by a bright fruitiness with notes of green apple and white flowers. The wine's an enticing palette, redolent... Completely unnecessary word choice there. (laughs) Redolent of white-fleshed fruits and citrus is enhanced by fine bubbles and its elegant maturity is revealed in notes of brioche and wheat. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing says luxury like brioche and wheat. Appley. Very appley. I mean... No disrespect to Moe. <laughs> <laughs> I sense disrespect to Moe coming. It tastes like fizzy alcoholic appetizer at this point. Yep. But that's not a bad thing. No, I'm I'm not angry about that. What I'm angry about is the £40 price tag. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yay yeah. to champagne on a Tuesday. Yeah. I can uh, see tomorrow being dicey. <laughs> there was always a good chance of that anyway. Yay. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> so, to explain a little bit about the concept of this episode... Long story short, I was listening to all the podcasts that I listened to at this time of year. Yep. It got me in the mood to gift guide, gift mm-hmm. buy. I was also looking at gifts for my friend's daughter, who I enjoy buying presents for every year, but has suddenly become a preteen. <laughs> and it got me thinking, you know, there's there's all these people that we struggle to buy for. There's all these ways that we want to buy gifts that we feel reflect you know good things we want to support artists creators makers yeah we maybe want to you know subtly reinforce the feminist agenda and why not give you guys some recommendations if you are struggling with those same things we talk a lot about different products on the show mostly books also tv shows obviously a lot of wine but we're not sponsored we're not sponsored we don't have any affiliate marketing links this is not how we roll but these are products that we either recommend or have heard be highly recommended yeah. and also it's our podcast and we can do what we want so good luck yeah <laughs> cheers to that cheers. cheers also you don't have to buy these as presents for other people you can buy them for yourself if you want or you buy do the shopping for other people and then reward yourself with something at the end which is what i like to do so 
You've written down some categories. I have. I've written down some ideas. Great. Where shall we start? Should we do do a couple of random categories? Let's then, do a couple yeah. of random categories and then we'll see, see where we get to. So first category is, given what you've just said, toys. 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 Interesting. So obviously this is a broad spectrum because you don't buy the same thing for a two-year-old that you buy for a 12-year-old. But if you're listening and you're about our age which a lot of our listeners are chances are you're buying for someone who's had that you, you will likely be buying for someone who's had children who are now in the kind of one to five mm-hmm. age range mm-hmm. so is there anything that you can think of that would be particularly good i know that is also a great span in terms of development but a young a toy for a younger child that you would recommend Anything that makes noise to annoy the parents <laughs> <laughs> i have two suggestions okay Number one, depending on how little they are. Okay. If they are sort of at the age where you start reading to them and then maybe you, you encourage them to start reading their own. I mean, I really think that investing in some good but specific unique board books mm-hmm. is a really is a really good idea because they're tactile so kids, younger kids like to play with them and touch them anyway but it, it starts that interest and i think that's genuinely one of the best gifts that you can give a child right and there are lots of really really good ones so one example is solway which is a book by lupita nyong'o who is sort of famous as an academy award-winning actress and she wrote mm-hmm. a beautiful picture book about colorism self-esteem and learning that true beauty comes from within and that sounds very trite but actually i think it's really really important and the thing is you have to remember that when you're buying gifts for children of this age there's no such thing as trite they are experiencing things brand new and you have the opportunity to make them experience things in an inclusive or supportive way yeah i read that book and i thought that it was beautiful so i encourage children of any race to have a book like that to appreciate beauty in all its forms on the toy side of the spectrum i think that you just cannot go wrong with duplo yeah no you're not wrong and i again this is one of those ones where i think that it's really easy to think i'm going to give little boys lego and little girls dolls give all children of any age lego or duplo yeah don't color code it don't specify it just give them a box of bricks and they will make things because again one of the best gifts you can give a child is imagination if that is within their capacity to have and they'll they'll enjoy it and they'll thank you for it but try and give them one that comes with a storage box so you don't step on it so you don't step of it step on it so the parents don't step on it and yeah everyone will thank you for that yeah those are my advice what about you i think that's great i think duplo is a really good choice so i have hang on let me count them up now i have five nephews a niece and two great nieces i don't have my own children thinking back to the things that i've bought over the years and that have gone down well i did make the joke about like buy noisy things but one <laughs> of the things that my nephew enjoyed most what, what my one of my youngest nephews enjoyed most was a piano like a mini piano oh. that then transforms into i think it transforms into a train or sure. something like that basically things that can become other things yep. are really good because they mean that i think kids are less likely to get bored of them mm-hmm. and they can grow with them so anything that does multiple functions good option possibly also try and avoid excessive plastic mm-hmm. generally i try and buy like wooden toys or like i got him something as well that was basically a castle that folds out of a book so then you can pack it down really small but then it's a fucking castle um, yeah but like you can get in it like a big wow one. yeah so- oh my god can i have one <laughs> so yeah anything like that i think where it's fun to play in but can be stored away really easily yeah 
And obviously, yeah, like you say, I mean, at Christmas when you're that young, like, everything is fun. Everything is new. An avocado, thanks. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That is the thing. Like, if there was something that you loved yep. as a kid, yep. or something that you look on the, like, kids' shelves and go, oh my God, that's so cool. Chances are at that age, one to seven, they're going to yep. friggin' love it. Or your cool wine aunts. Yes. Your toy recommendations. Right. This one just says books. Books. So this could be anything. So let's say, what is the one book? I know this is on your list. Yeah. The one book that you would recommend to everybody. Okay. Or you would buy when you're like, fuck, I don't know what to buy someone. You're getting this book that I love. The one book at the moment that I would buy for everyone that I really think... I don't know that it went under the radar, but I haven't heard enough people talking about it and I'm mm. fairly in the book world, is a book called I Belong Here by yes. Anita yeah. CT. It is a fantastic book that I read last year. It was my top book of last year. It's a memoir about a woman who experienced an act of racism and racial aggression on mm. a train and how it impacted her sense of well-being, her sense of safety and her sense of identity as a British person. Yeah. And this coincided with the the coronavirus pandemic and it is both about her experience coming to terms with that and the mental health ramifications of that and her re-establishing herself and her identity as a British woman and she does this partially by walking the Pennine Way right. which is the first national walking trail national park public land walking trail that was established in the UK I think it was in the early 50s which is a huge deal in and of itself. So it's as much a little history about that and the reason that that came about Mm. as it is about the history of being a person of colour in Britain and about being a woman in Britain and a manifesto for being an active bystander and a feminist and mental health and racial ally. And I think that it's a really good book and all that sounds like a lot, and I know that some of you are probably thinking, God, I don't want to give that to, like, Uncle Joe. But... Racist Uncle Joe. Racist Uncle Joe. Yeah. But I think that it's done in a way that is so accessible. Mm-hmm. It's a really... It, it's a really emotional story and it really it really taps in on you, but it's not done in a way that's overly preachy or, or difficult to digest no matter where you are. And I have spoke to this, actually, to my uncles about this and they have expressed an interest in reading it because mm. of the way that I've spoken about it and because of what it talks about. And I think in this day and age and in this... With the <laughs> government that we have, the emphasis on all the confusion around refugees and, you know, racism and in, in the modern world and uh, as Britons and sexism and everything like that. And I think also the sense of isolation and the importance on recognising people's mental health. This is a fantastic book that is also it's a couple of hundred pages long it's got mm-hmm. a beautiful cover it's a tr- and, you know it's an attractive book to give it's easy to read but hard to read it's thought provoking without being so challenging that i think that it will put most people off so i really really do recommend that book nice what about Good you pick. so pick us a fun one pick us a fun one <laughs> well i'm i'm going to pick one that is going to sound dark and it is the last unicorn by peter s beagle Amazing. And the reason that I'm choosing that is like I've, I watched the, the movie The Last Unicorn when I was a kid and I've made several comments about, on how like how fucked up it was as film and you think it's a kid's film but actually looking in like I've read a few things about it and it was never intended to be a kid's film it was meant to be an adult fantasy musical. Amazing. Yeah and it is actually quite a bleak like there's quite a lot of themes of loss and adjustment and things that you don't really 
come across quite often in children's fantasy and i found i the, the book was out of print in the U- uk for for about two decades some would call it 20 years i'm going for two decades but yeah it was about it was about 20 30 years it was out of print and it's just been re-released for the 40th anniversary i think and i read it not that long ago and the reason i would recommend it for anyone is because it's a it challenges you to pick up a book called the last unicorn and not think it's about kids like it's not, yeah. not a kid's book b it's told in a really really beautiful way it's there's a tendency for fantasy books to be really overwrought and high fantasy really in detail world building and remembering 800 names on a genealogy chart to know who this character is it's none of that but it's not it's not simplistic there's a lot in it that is quite strange to there's a lot about grief there's a lot about otherness there's like it's very and there's a you know there's a lot of reference to to various other mythology and stuff so um if you know someone who has an imagination and enjoys fiction and has not read the last unicorn i would i would recommend it because it is not just a children's book it is for everybody and it's very very good nice and i'd love to say something deeper than that but unicorns unicorns i mean unicorns <laughs> are great yeah i'd like to add honorable mentions mm-hmm. for yep you don't have to like me by Elite yes Mordor, which we covered on yep. this podcast which was one yep. of the the you know our biggest wins on this podcast i think if you want to give something to a, a budding teen feminist i think that that's yep. a really good way to go and also if you've got kids that you are trying to buy books for to get them into be into reading i read this year Marcus Rashford's The Breakfast Club Adventures The Beast Beyond the Fence which nice. was an absolute delight a I, tour de force. I absolutely enjoyed it and again <laughs> I think it gives a really good perspective on on various things that, that maybe your children are or the children in your life are coming up against and the kids that they're meeting and, and, and interacting with but they maybe aren't experiencing themselves or maybe are experiencing themselves and can reinterpret in a way through fiction and I think that that's one of the beautiful things about fiction that it allows you to do that so those are some honourable mentions for me do you have any honourable mentions? I think it depends on your interest if you are a non-fiction fan and you enjoy a biography I would definitely say Eddie Azard's biography was really good or autobiography I should say believe me a memoir of love death and jazz chickens uh, and it's really interesting hearing about her life and the way her career developed and how she has navigated her transness as a fluctuating thing throughout mm. her life so yeah I would definitely recommend that and if you are a general reader of literary fiction daisy jones and the six. Oh Just my god it. yes and it's so it's also a really great book if you are a fan of musical like history of rock bands it's not it's a fictional rock band but there's so much that's recognizable if you're mm-hmm. a fan of fleetwood mac or if mm-hmm. you're you know any of those kind of really high intensity rock groups with the politics bubbling under the surface mm-hmm. which let's be honest is every band ever mm-hmm. um yeah, would absolutely Absolutely that. seconded. Cool. Next topic. Next topic is new homeowners. So if you're buying for someone who is about to or has just moved into their... Well, it doesn't have to be homeowners. It could be first place together or anything mm-hmm. like that. Their first home. This is an interesting one. I think it depends how much you're willing to spend. Mm-hmm. But there are a couple of things that... As someone who, who bought a home a couple of years ago and at the same time or more or less the same time moved in with their partner Mm -hmm. i have some thoughts one of the things is 
a really good knife set or one really good chopping knife. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because this is a present that, yes, you might be spending a a good, a good, pretty penny on it. And Sabatier is a good place to start with that. Anything John Lewis, really. But that will keep going forever and ever and ever. And if that's out of your price range, you can get a knife sharpener on like Amazon or from Lakeland for about seven ninety nine, and that shit is makes all gold. the difference. Like yeah. it really does make all, all the difference. And it there's a specific one that I'm thinking of which has three slots grooves for you to to pull the knife through. One is to sharpen, one is to smooth, and one is to like fine tune it basically. Yeah, and they really are. They're like less than a tenner. The other again is. If you are willing to spend a bit more money, a really good quality frying pan or copper-based saucepan or casserole pot. And again, if that's not, if that's out of your price range, the reason I choose those is I have a, I got given a really good saucepan, frying pan saucepan with a lid. Yes, that's very expensive, but we use it constantly for everything. Pasta, chili, like every, every curry everything it's it's our favorite pan and it really does last if that's out of your price range a really good one pan cookbook Mm -hmm. i recommend the jamie oliver's five ingredients book is really good there is a book that sam actually got me for christmas a few years ago which is called the the quick roasting tin again Mm -hmm. it's not a frying pan one it's a roasting one but that's also really good because it's all meals that's done in 30 minutes and requires very few ingredients and then if you want like a stocking stuffer f- for basically anyone and certainly any millennial is double A batteries. Yeah, yeah. Useful. And yeah, okay, it seems really lame. Not sexy, but it's useful. Well, it can be sexy depending how you use them. Yeah. So those are my suggestions. What about you? So my suggestions, firstly, if you can and you can afford it, some really nice fucking towels. Oh, yeah. I love a good towel. Like the big, the big bath a bath sheet sheet. bath sheet boys i need to get me one of those because Mm -hmm. yeah nothing like a big old towel if you can't i so i have a fair bit of art on my walls some of which i bought some of which has been made by friends and honestly one of my favorite things that i got was when i moved in with my partner 10 years ago it's been quite a while now and one of my friends made me an i think it's an oil oil canvas of the butt from the cheese string adverts which (laughs) is on one of my walls so i'm not saying necessarily the cheese string butt but something that is a personal touch in terms of artwork because i think something that will give the home a personal touch especially if it's your first time living with that person yeah. I think is, is really nice another thing <laughs> so i went to my friend's house recently and we genuinely got excited about her latest purchase which is a a thing that you put your sponge on for washing the dishes you squidge it down and the washing up liquid goes on the sponge you can use it to then do the washing up and then you put it back and it drains into another part so it keeps it clean keeps your sponge clean and fresh that's amazing but yeah fucking genius so it sounds dull as hell but when you're our age great yeah <laughs> That's amazing. And to wit, anything by Joseph Joseph. Oh, it's a brand. Joseph Joseph has some really, really good stuff. And also, if you're buying them a print, get them a frame. Don't be fucking cheap. Like, yes. I, I mean, you know, within your means, obviously, but... Go to the range, fine. get one for three quid. Excellent. Should we do one more and then break? Yeah, I think so. Cool. Right. This one's a good one. Feminists. Mm. <laughs> However you identify, if you identify as a feminist, these are gifts for you. Great. Your go. Yeah. 
I think one of the best things you can do for someone who is a feminist is get them a gift that has been made by a female-based company or a female-based sole trader or whatever that is meaningful to them Mm -hmm. rather than necessarily being about feminism you can also get you know that kind of thing but you know understanding where the gift has come from and that what you've spent your money on has supported a woman who is trying to make her way as a business owner i think is very important to feminists Mm -hmm. so i would think about that and then it means you like that opens you up to basically a whole world of gifts but just with the caveat of like who made it was it a woman cool i completely Um, agree i think there are a lot of different ways that you can support female owned businesses and one of the the best ways is to go to any independent shop and your local your local town will almost certainly have some kind of charter or website or something of independent this independent that pull on the thing that you that you know about this person because if you're thinking to yourself the thing i know about jill is that she is a feminist and she likes puzzles you can go to a local shop and and buy something that is significant rather than buying the same mass-produced um, image of frida Kahlo. that's exactly yeah. what i was gonna say <laughs> you're absolutely right and that being said you know if your friend jill really freaking loves frida Kahlo, mm. go for it mm. go for it get you know pile it on but mm. i think what your friend would want you to do is be considerate of where you're buying your item from and i do have a female made product that i actually had on my list as like Mm -hmm. a a backup and i think that it's quite good for this time of year and it's good for christmas which is that there is there's a thing about like buying slippers and stuff at this time of year and now these are not these are not cheap these are handmade wool felt slippers and they are 55 pounds but they are by a brand called Noseni. That's N-A-U-S-E-N-I. The, the description says, warm and toasty in the winter, the wool then naturally adapts as they become a great indoor summer shoe as well. They are British designed, take their inspiration from the rich cultural heritage and dramatic natural landscape of Nepal. They are all ethically handcrafted by female artisans in Nepal using 100% natural wool, carefully hand felted. They were founded in response to the Nepal earthquake of 2015 with the mission to empower and help women rebuild their lives, providing skill development and income generating opportunities. These are available, I found them on a website called Radical Giving, which I really recommend. I've bought gifts from there before, which is all eco-focused and ethically focused. Yeah. But if you are thinking, I'm gonna buy someone's slippers, maybe buy them some posh slippers that are gonna last a while and help women. Fancy, ethically sourced slippers. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Are there any other brands you would recommend for people think considering feminist gifts? That's a good question. So there is Miss Bettina, which I really like, which is sort of kind of twee old lady kind of clothes, <laughs> but like quite chic. I have an amazing cardigan from Miss Bettina. Mm-hmm. So th- there's a focus on like ageless design with them. Yeah. So yeah. that that's really nice. And I use Radical Giving. There's also the Ethical Superstore, which is great for shockingly enough ethical gifts. What about you? Brilliant. Yeah, so there's a few that I've bought from over the years. So if you're looking for, if you know someone who's really into like bold prints, clothes that stand out. There's a brand called Grassfields that's owned mm-hmm. by a pair of sisters from Cameroon who everything is designed by them. They live in London now and they're made in Africa, I believe in Cameroon, but I'm not entirely sure. It just says primarily sourced and made in Africa. So somewhere on the African continent, but it is, they have a, you know, it's a fair wage. It's a living, 
they pay their workers a fair wage. Mm-hmm. So they make some really lovely dresses and shirts and all the clothes. And it's usually cotton as well. So it's, you know, um, there's no last stain in there. So it's good for the environment. So right. yeah, so I would recommend them if you're looking for someone who enjoys their vibrant fashion. If you like neutrals probably not the place for you there's also a great jewelry brand called chalk jewelry i bought some earrings from them in the past some of the like it's sort of geometric shapes made from wood and other materials which is again a female brand female bipoc brand which i love and they're not the cheapest but you know they're again made handmade and and really good and then the last one is a bit of a left field one there is a a person on etsy who makes ceramic ghosts called stitchcraft she also makes jewelry and various other things but if you know someone who has a bit of a a goth vibe or enjoys like who prefers halloween to christmas i would definitely recommend checking out her store we'll put links in the show notes so there you go female-led brands is your way to go for gifts for feminists definitely so on that note, we are going to have a small break. Have a wee! We'll be back after the break to talk some more about our gift recommendations for your Christmas 2022. So we are back from our break. We had a lovely time. We watched some videos of Daniel Radcliffe dancing and it was lovely and a good time was had by all. But before we continue our episode on gift guide recommendations based on our completely arbitrary frames of reference, we have to talk about the Moe and Shandon in a pretty cabinet. Day. Yeah, champagne on a Tuesday. Apparently, Monday. Sam does have champagne on a Tuesday, Monday, and she's just been holding out on me. Yeah. I I've also been... just said champagne on a Tuesday, Monday. Champagne on a Tuesday, Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're not doing another podcast this month. I thought, fuck it. Fuck it. Why not? So. Make it rain. Make it rain. How are you finding Le Moet? It's very drinkable yeah dangerously so it's going straight to my head and i'm feeling quite merry yeah it's you know when they say things like oh the bubbles are going to my brain i i I always thought that was bullshit but champagne is turns out quite potent i completely agree and i have had champagne before this is definitely i I guess it's worth the hype i mean i still don't know that i casually pay 40 quid for it no Um, I'm perfectly happy to have Prosecco (laughs) but like I get why people like this and I get why people say champagne goes straight to their head yeah yeah she's 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 potent she's giggly so general consensus is nice but nice but we drunk on a Tuesday but we drunk on a Tuesday and as penance for our drunkenness we are going to continue recommending you gifts to give people when you are stuck at christmas so the next prompt that we have is a gift for film buffs Ooh. 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 one gift that i think really goes down well mm-hmm. is a cinema membership it's yeah a good cinema and okay this is not a particularly feminist gift this is you know this is not a particularly revolutionary gift but it's the kind of thing that people forget about picture house cinemas do a really good membership i've had it i recommend it it's worth doing you get free tickets we went to see many a thing many a film failing that um i have never bought this for my film buff partner to my shame but there is 
not a summer that goes by where he doesn't talk about getting some kind of projector mm-hmm. or projector screen. And you can get these little mini phone ones. And again, if you're looking for a gag gift, obviously it's not going to be the quality of, of like a proper film projector or anything. But at the same time, it is going to get a bit of fun. And to add to that, they seem a bit naff again, but they are really fun. Those scratch-off film posters and stuff. Mm-hmm. I got one of those from my brother-in-law because the, the the joke is that I never watch any films and I should maybe educate myself. And actually, it is really fun to go through and be like, oh, I've, I've seen that. I've not seen that. We've had a great time. It, it, if in doubt, you can pull one off and be like, I'm going to watch that. Yeah. So these are all really generic presents that are not specifically feminist, but sometimes, it's, sometimes it's just if you're struggling. But really... I would say a picture house membership. If there is a picture house near you, yeah, as a sort of you know independent art house kind of vibe, it's definitely recommended. Yeah. What about you? So if you're looking at really top budget and like it's someone very important to you and you want them to give you want to give them a really good Christmas, lots of small independent cinemas will let you rent out the theatre. Yes and do a showing of their favourite film which is something I've never done but I think would be fucking great so yeah if you can do that that's a great option if that's a bit out of your price range again like Kim said you can get these projectors for your phone or you know if you've got a bit more budget something better a bit better a bit more high tech set up yourself a drive-in like Mm. sheet projector car field or outdoor space that's you know accessible and have like a a movie night in your car yeah it's quite fun and then the other thing is like obviously the you know the obvious thing is netflix subscription or mm. amazon prime or whatever there are so many subscription services that aren't mainstream things like shudder which is the horror specific one or there's a service called history hit which is all about is a load of history documentaries Amazing. if you have someone who's a history buff if you're person you're buying for has a specific niche interest chances are there is a streaming service for Mm -hmm. that interest Mm -hmm. so i would have a look at that and then the final thing would be these aren't always available but if they are available they're great which are the live orchestra performances of films with really great scores so um, my partner and I went to a Star Wars one earlier in the year and you can do it for things like Pirates of the Caribbean or Star Wars or Star Trek or Indiana Jones mm. or anything like that and they do make a difference having mm. a live orchestra there so They're tickets really cool. to that yeah just one thing that that occurred to me whilst you were speaking Joe and Seth's who are the gourmet popcorn company mm. do a movie night in bundle which is a bunch of different popcorns and stuff and it looks like you know it's all shipped in m- movie packaging and everything yeah. and if you were sort of thinking well I can't buy a membership and I can't buy anything yeah. but you want to do something very personal you can get very easily a template for movie tickets could make 12 movie tickets and do one a month of films that you promise to watch with your partner or your friend or whatever or your choice here and just commit to a night a month with and give that with this bundle to be like this is a thing because i think that that might be a nice way to do something very very personal if you're really struggling and you're like i don't know what films they like i don't know what kind of films i don't know how they want to watch it yeah the 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 acknowledgement that they like films and you know popcorns are almost synonymous with that might be a way to do that yeah great suggestion 
So a few options there, ranging from £800 projector to popcorn. 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 The next topic is board games. Board games for people who like board games. Board games for people who like board games. But not just board games, like card games as well or... Yes. Yeah. I love a board game. Yes. And a puzzle. And a puzzle. This Any is sort neat. of flat entertainment you're here for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like my shit two-dimensional. Well, right. First of all, there's puzzles. Yes. Puzzles are not technically board games, but they are adjacent and there are a lot of really good puzzles in the world but i this year did the world of jane austen puzzle <laughs> of course you did yeah and i had the best time mm-hmm. because and there's a lot of these you know that i'm pretty sure there's probably like a world of harry potter or whatever but if you get a thematic puzzle mm-hmm. you know contrary to what we said about googling feminist or whatever if you know someone and you know that they kind of like puzzles, but you also know one thing about them and it's like, oh, actually, they really like Harry Potter whatever, get them a Harry Potter puzzle. Because, or get them a this puzzle, get them a Jane Austen puzzle. I thoroughly recommend the World of Jane Austen puzzle because it came up with a very informative poster. Okay. Because you just spend hours, like, reimagining all the plot points that you love and being like, I wonder who that is. Oh, my God, it's Lizzie Bennet, blah, blah. Great fun hours of entertainment and yes i'm very lame as for board games i think that there are a lot of board games that that really appeal the one that we've played recently (laughs) that i got for someone (laughs) which is may contain butts which is a fast fast action butt matching board game with cute animals on it yeah it was it was great fun and if you're after something that's maybe a little bit more complicated i got given cat lady which is great fun also (laughs) Um, these are some that I like. I could I could go on and on and on. Hive is a really good if you're a sort oh, of indigent is- and if you are lucky enough to be anywhere in the vicinity of Thirsty Meeples or a board game cafe, go speak to them. They will help you. They will know a lot more than we yeah. do. What about you? Absolutely. Yeah. So board games have become a thing much more for many people over the last two years for obvious reasons three years basically um we've played a few in that time if you are looking for if you enjoy a stardew valley the video game i would definitely suggest the stardew valley board game it's good fun it's exactly like the game um it's surprisingly easy to get your head around especially if you've played the game but it's not exclusive to two people have done that and you can play it with two to four people i think i also we we played it on this show shame of life is (laughs) great fun as a party game i've played it in many situations i've taken it on a like a 35th birthday weekend way i've played played it on my leaving do at one of my jobs one of my 15 jobs that i left in the last (laughs) two years it's good fun and they've got expansions now as well Mm. so there's loads more you can do that so i definitely recommend shame of life as a Cards Against Humanity alternative if you don't want to necessarily just go down the offensive route. There was another one I just thought of. Oh, yes. So the company that make Exploding Kittens, who are based on comics by The Oatmeal, do a bunch of great party games. Exploding Kittens will always be one of my favourites. But there's a Throw Throw Burrito, there's Poetry for Cavemen, there's, there's a few options. So I'd recommend having a look at them and if you know someone who is a game who are, who is also a gamer who likes games there's a game in the, the like you know how within video games there are games you can play like yes 
mini games of games yes. they do it in borderlands they do it in various ones there's one in assassin's creed valhalla which is called and it's this viking dice game and i was obsessed with it and i managed to get a physical version of it and i fucking love it it's a two-player game dice throwing strategy game fun quick to play no all excellent recommendations and one final thing yeah again because it wouldn't be me if i didn't have the last word which is that um don't underestimate the power of travel size games. Oh, yeah. Travel size chess, travel size Scrabble. All of travel size. There you go. I mean, <laughs> Hive, for example. Hive is great. I love Hive. Because I think that for a lot of people, myself included, the joy of going somewhere and, and, and playing a game like in a pub or something is, is really fun. And so we have a travel size chess. Chash. Chash. <laughs> we have a travel size chess. We have mm. Hive. We have Bananagrams. We have Top Trumps. Course, classic. It just makes it slightly yeah. more accessible, sociable, and you can just carry it wherever you go. And also, it's a game is always a hit on Christmas Day. Right, next one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so next prompt is Music Lovers. Again, as with all things that we've said on this podcast, it really does depend on your budget, mm-hmm. but... If your budget is high. And this is the champagne episode, so we're assuming so. Yes. Um, I got my partner a couple of years ago a Bluetooth speaker. Okay. Specifically a Bose Mini, which the next year he got his mum a Bose Mini. Right. And it's been three years now and we've still got the Bose Mini and we use it daily. A good Bose speaker. Mm Mm-hmm. Or a good Bluetooth speaker does wonders. And I have a Bluetooth speaker that is waterproof that I got from Argos for about 30 quid mm-hmm. that you can ha- you can have in the bathroom, in the shower, whatever. Okay. It's a JB clip. Uh, so, you know, if you've got the budget for a Bose, get a Bose. If you don't have the budget or if you have someone that really likes like three hour showers or whatever, first of all, check on them. Second of all, <laughs> JB clip, a really good Bluetooth speaker or really good Bluetooth headphones or earphones. When it comes to headphones and earphones, you'll know your person better than we do. Some people really like in-ear and some people really like over-ear. There is a really good over-ear called N- that I had for, for a couple of years that was very affordable, which was NC25. Yeah. And if it's in-ear that you like, I recommend the Lipitek. That's L-I-P-E-R-T-E-K. In-ear headphones. They are, they're really good. They come in a little charging case that has four charges on it. I bought these for my partner a couple of years ago and he really, really enjoyed them until he got some better ones from my mum who has more <laughs> money than I do. And now I use them for running. Both really good quality bluetooth headphones make a wonderful difference yeah um or they bluetooth do. speakers so if you have that budget then i go for that if you don't have the budget for any of those things and you do have a music buff in your life then i i would see if and i think there are a lot of bands that are still doing this are doing any kind of live listens on their their instagrams or youtubes or anything and the, the tickets for those are normally about tenner i've done a couple of bat flashes of those with with my partner and mm-hmm. he's really enjoyed it and it does actually make a difference even though you're listening to it in your room and it's a little bit of a hangover from sort of the deep dark covid times but i think a lot of bands are still doing that also if you are buying for an older music buff maybe a parent or a, a an aunt or uncle an original festival or band poster from a gig that they went to Mm -hmm. if you can get hold of it Mm. is an incredibly memorable 
and lovely gift but do be prepared that you will hear about it for at least a year after <laughs> when i was at the isle of Wight festival in 1970 and blah 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 really um, selling that gift yeah Sam, what about you? So a couple, a few things that I can think of, or like the ones you mentioned, all really, really good. One that I, so my dad is a musician, has been a musician for, I don't know, 409 years, who knows, (laughs) but he's been in bands throughout his life. Um, And so I bought, he's a bass player, but he also plays rhythm guitar as well. And I bought him a custom capo. Any kind of like, if the person you're buying for is a musician, there are things you can do. Like you could get them custom drumsticks or you could get Mm -hmm. them, you know, drums, anything like that. I think a really nice touch, if you know them really well and know what they play, anything that can make their instrument more them is Mm. a really nice touch. Another thing is cameos. Mm. Um, So Mm -hmm. this isn't, this depends on who's on there and your budget again but i've done this a couple of times now is bought cameos for people that i know which are video recorded messages from people that they enjoy they can be anywhere from 15 quid up to i don't know hundreds hundreds of pounds possibly thousands which seems a bit much for christmas but if they if you know if they like a if they're those people that like a smaller lesser known artist then that's a really mm-hmm. nice thing to do especially if you can pepper the message with things that are personal to them mm. otherwise i mean vinyl is always great it's a very it's a bit of a cop-out gift i think sometimes especially if they don't have you know a player but vinyl with great album art mm-hmm. makes a great framed thing um mm-hmm. similar to what you're saying about you know the gig li- the the lineup list from festivals that people have been to so those are three that i would pick Let's do one more mm-hmm. because I'm fairly fucked. I don't know about you, darling. Same. Oh, it's a good one to end on. So, finally, to end the podcast, we would like to know what is the best Christmas wine, by which we mean you are going to a festive event, you will have to take a bottle with you that is going to be probably a crowd pleaser. What would you take? Controversial opinion. Okay. I would not take fizz. Okay, why not? Because fizz is for bringing to people that you don't know that they actually like wine. Mm -hmm. Because it's obviously a nice gift. Because you're like, I bought you something special and fizzy. But unless you are me and Sam, you probably aren't drinking fizz (laughs) on a casual day. If you're going to a party and you know that it's going to be served, fine. But I think, and in that case, you know... Go to whatever supermarket you are, look at the cheapest one by three steps above it. It's probably about a tenner. You're golden. Put it in a gold bag. Everyone wins. But if you're going to, you know, a dinner with friends or you're buying wine as a gift, try to buy a wine that you actually think that they will drink and not feel like they are obliged to serve you. Okay. But that if they do serve you, you will not hate. My personal favourite red wine for this it, it's it's called i think it's heideberg it's a black mm. and white label from mns it's about nine pounds it is one of my favorites a cab serve it's lovely and drinkable but it's a little bit fancier no one's going to go in and buy that of a casual evening unless they are you know spendy certainly in the bracket that we are in they're probably not going to be doing that it's mm. a really good one and for white wine i like the mondelli 789 for this reason it's not the first one that they're going to grab it shows that you've taken a minute to think about like i know this person i know they like red wine white wine i want to buy them something 
useful or drinkable. If you are really sure that this is a gift and not a party wine, then I would go a couple of steps above and maybe not even buy it from a supermarket if you can avoid it and go into a local wine shop or something and buy something a little bit special. Running Duck Shiraz is a really nice one that I've had recently that you can get. I know you can get that from Novel Wines and I assume that their white wine is, is a little bit similar. I don't drink white wine as much, obviously, so I don't know white wine as well, but good red wines include the Running Duck, Apothic, we've had on this podcast mm-hmm. before yeah we have you have to know that someone really likes bold reds or and i have to say i really recommend going to somewhere like majestic and talking to them about the kind of wines that someone might like their definition series looks really nice and tastes a little bit special so i i'm less certain on brands winemakers and everything so weirdly although i am more of a white wine drinker i would not be able to nominate a crowd pleasing white that is of a price level to take to a party i could do it with red mm. i could say anything rex mundi absolutely mm-hmm. really really strong stones and bones yes both great bold reds one uh, one portuguese i think one australian i believe i can't remember what the rex mundi was but anyway oh, no. those are both mm. great but what i would say as a cheeky little cop out but also a thoughtful one is depending on the situation if you've been in a a place with these people before where you've had a really nice memory like you've been to a really nice restaurant or you've been on holiday take a wine that is meaningful to a memory Mm -hmm. that you've had whether it's Mm. the same wine whether it's oh remember that lovely holiday we had on pavos like here is a A wine yeah here's a greek wine from that because it made me think of you i think that can be just as nice as picking something that you think is going to be great yeah Yeah. absolutely and i think the same is true as if you know Mm. someone really well you know what wine they drink Mm -hmm. they're not going to be mad at you if you buy them a bottle of a drink that they drink that you happen to know is like four quid because to be perfectly honest okay so my favorite wine one of my favorite wines is Trevento Malbec sometimes it's like nine pounds sometimes it's like six pounds but yes it's a bit basic if someone turns up to me with a bottle of Trevento I'm delighted because I know I'm gonna like it you don't always have to impress the people that you like I think the most impressive thing is knowing what they like most people I think would rather that you get the thing that they you know they like rather than something that you're experimenting on so my advice is if you're not sure what wine to buy but you have a vague memory that they might like this one buy that one they'll appreciate it everyone appreciates being given something that someone has gone i saw this thought of you and that is the key thing about gift giving i think is that we've given a lot of recommendations on this podcast and i'm always happy to give recommendations and i love gift giving but I strongly believe in not buying gifts for the sake of it. Mm. Um, Give people stuff because you love them and because you want to appreciate them and because it's something that you think that they would help. And hopefully some of our recommendations help you with that. Yeah, hopefully. And if not, grab a bottle of Moe and have yourself a jolly old time on your own. (laughs) Or with with other people. True that. True that. Cool. All right then. 
So that brings us to the end of the episode this week. We have one bottle to rate, which was the Moe and Chandon. I don't know. Do you call it? How do you say it? I just call it Moe, but it's Moe and Moe and Chandon. In. So, Kim, rating. Hard to say. Okay. Because it made me very jolly, but I don't <laughs> think that it's necessarily like the best wine that I've ever had. Mm-hmm. But fuck it, I'm feeling generous, so I'm going to go four. I'm putting aside the price for Moe. Like, yeah. if you're buying Moe, you know you're spending money. Yeah. It's fun. It was it was very tasty, and I do find champagne very often very woody and headachey. I enjoyed it. Four. Yeah, fair. I'm going to echo that sentiment with a four. Nice. Uh, it was expensive, in in as much as we spend on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only about four pounds off the most expensive wine we've had so far. So yeah, I'm going to give it a four. I enjoyed it. I don't know if I'm necessarily a champagne devotee. I think we've established pretty hard on this podcast that for us, fizzy wine is fizzy wine. There's some really good fizzy wine and this was one of them. But it's like mm. dry bubbles. Cool. But I'd also, I I feel like I'd have been equally happy with a £6 Prosecco. Good to know. So four stars around for the, the Moe and Chandon Champagne. But that's our Christmas episode this this year. If you have enjoyed this and would like to listen to more of us talking about Christmas, we have several previous episodes. We have one talking about Christmas toys. We have one talking about Christmas food. Do go and check us out on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, anywhere where good podcasts are sold for free. You can <laughs> find us. In the meantime, if you'd like to follow us and stay up to date with all the grape culture goings on, you can find us on social media. We are on Instagram at Grape Culture Podcast we are on twitter at grape culture pod we also have a website which is grapeculturepodcast.co.uk we will be back in two weeks time with another episode for you which will be our last episode of 2022 but thank you for listening cheers to you go and get yourself some chumpers darling and thanks very much merry christmas and happy holidays merry christmas and happy holidays darlings buy yourself a present too bye